Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Uh, I just want to start off by saying a few things. First of all, we're starting a new series uh, this week uh, called Thrive, and we will talk about that in just a moment. The second thing is this. As many of you know, uh, my father passed away a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to say thank you to my church family. Uh, you have encouraged me in so many ways. I know many of you have been praying for me. I have had so many cards uh, sent to me. The Lord has used you, my church family, uh, to bring me much comfort and, and to supply me really with his strength. And, and so thank you for just, uh, well, treating me as a brother. It, it means the world to me and, and my family. The third thing is this. Uh, you might think it a little weird, at least I do, that on the first weekend that we're able to do live services that I'm taping. Um, if you're watching online, it it's, doesn't make a difference, but if you're sitting in the Canandaigua Campus Worship Center watching me, you're probably wondering why is he on the screen and not on the stage. Well, in part, it's because of this family dynamic that I talked about with you loving me, I love you, and I've been out of state, and I'm not yet done with the recommended quarantine timing. Um, and so we thought it best just to wait another week before I'm with you live. It's killing me not to be with you. Um, however, I, I feel it's important that, that your health matters to me. Uh, your comfort level matters to me. And so uh, we're taping this service, obviously, and uh, next week I'll be live. So if you want to see me in person, next week, Lord willing, we'll be able to do that. So we're in this new series. Uh, we're calling it Thrive. Now, how did we come about the title of that series, Thrive? Well, it's for this reason. Over the past four months, uh, as we have been uh, quarantining, staying at home, face masked up, you, you get the picture, you've lived it. Many times when I've encountered people, I've asked the question, how are you doing? And their response many times was somewhat like this, well, I'm surviving. And I get it. One of the things I've learned over the past four months is that not only are all of us created to be social creatures, uh, but that I am not well equipped for stay-at-home orders. I'm not well equipped for not having social interaction with a lot of people. And so this idea of surviving is something that even in my own spirit, uh, was something that maybe I would answer. And then as I was looking at God's word, I was checked. And I was checked because God's word is very clear, but he doesn't want us just to survive, but by the power of Christ in us, he's really empowered us to thrive. In fact, he has set out a pathway uh, to thriving. And so this series really, as we start to gather again and, and start to peek our heads out our doors and those type of things, I thought it's so important, led of the Spirit, thought it's so important to talk about how do we thrive. And so we're going to start by looking at community, community. So yeah, ironically, I'm going to be talking about community without being able to have actual physical community with any of you for another week. Community. Uh, redwood trees. Yeah, what's that to do with community? Well, I've seen many pictures of redwood trees in California, and I've got to say that they look amazing. It's on my to-do list. I, I want to go out and see these things. I mean, they are the, the largest living things on planet Earth. They're the tallest uh, trees in the world. 
some reaching 300 feet high, some of them over 2,500 years old. Now, you would think that such a tremendous tree would have a remarkable root system going deep into the ground, but what we know is that's not true. But these large, these gigantic trees actually have a shallow root system. Well, how does that work? Well, the roots are actually intertwined. They're, they're actually interconnected. They're tied together, wrapped around one another. And this is what gives them their stability. That when the storms come, when the wind blows, the redwoods still stand because of their root system being intertwined with one another. This is what they need to survive, and this is how they actually thrive. Now, this picture of longevity and, and beauty and survival and, yes, thriving of redwood trees is really a picture, I believe, of the community that we have in Christ. We understand that the ultimate purpose in our lives is to know God and make him known, that this is what brings God glory, it's what blesses us, it's really what benefits others. The ultimate destination then in our life is really God's presence, to live in the presence of God, not just eternally, but today. In fact, that this promise of God's presence isn't just something for the future, which will be fulfilled in a remarkable way when we see Christ face to face, but it's a promise that begins when we say yes to Jesus. And so back to the trees. The trees display God's glory in this massive display, but also figuratively display his presence through their roots that work together. What do I mean by this? Well, look with me at Christ's words found in Matthew 18, 20. They're familiar to many of us. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Where two or three are gathered together. Jesus shares these words with his disciples after he has addressed how to deal with one another when we're going through times of difficulty. He talks about what it means to forgive. And then he shares these words of unity. Now, now take a second and, and think about what Jesus is proclaiming in these words, in his words. Remember that the ultimate destination of everyone's life is God's presence, to know God and make him known. In essence, we're to live in the presence of God, and as his ambassadors, as his image bearers, we're to usher his presence to the world around us. That's our calling, that's our privilege. Therefore, as we look at these words of Christ found in Matthew 18, 20, we discover that community, community really has a bigger role than perhaps we've ever given it credit. Perhaps community has a bigger role than we ever could imagine. When God's children gather together, his church, his body, a spiritual dynamic takes place, which is designed literally to change lives. Community is used by God to help us thrive. And when we, the church, gather together, our roots, so to speak, intersect and support, and through it, God is glorified, we're blessed, and others benefit. I mean, this is a remarkable truth. But there's another truth that you don't need me to tell you because we've all experienced this, and that's that community is difficult. 
Community is difficult. People, you and me can sometimes be hard to be around. I know you're thinking, well, not me. I'm easy to be around. Well, the person next to you may think differently. I mean, in all seriousness, we hurt one another. We get upset. This can lead us to give up on relationships. And actually, some people have, have walked out on families, have walked out on churches because of the difficulty that arises in this desire to be in community with one another. Also, some people choose community for the wrong reasons. Some people choose community because the relationship they want to enter into allows them to be noticed. It gives them a certain prestige. So don't get me wrong, community benefits the individual, but will not allow one to genuinely thrive unless it is sought and built upon Christ for God's glory. In other words, community doesn't have power simply because people have gathered together. Community has power when it's founded on Jesus Christ, when it's, when it's done in a way that glorifies God. See, most people, when they look at Matthew 18, 20, understand the need for community, where two or three are gathered together. Unfortunately, many don't notice the important second part, When they gather together, what? In my name, in God's name, Jesus said. The community God calls us to, community that enables us to thrive, is called to to what? To focus on Christ, to focus on him. When our focus as a community is centered around us or something or someone else, we rob God of the glory We rob ourselves of any blessing that God wants to pour into our lives, and we rob others of the benefits of of a God-focused community. See, the community God calls us to is focused on Christ and and really characterized by abundant life. It's it's one of the verses I I quote often because I believe it just so simply states what we're offered with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus speaking of what he offers declares in John 10, the second part of verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came so that I can, so that you can, so that we can live an abundant life. And Jesus' promise of abundant life begins in the here and now and extends into the unforeseen future. Jesus calls his disciples not to a dour, miserable existence that squashes human potential, but to a rich, joy-filled life, one overflowing with meaning, favored by God in community with him and his people. Jesus empowers his followers to thrive, not merely survive. A.W. Tozer wrote this. He's talking about community. He's talking about what does it mean to really be the abundant living church. And he says, 100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organization do not constitute a church. Any more than 11 dead men make a football team. The first requisite is life, always. That the church isn't just a gathering of God's followers 
It's not just a gathering of people who quote unquote do churchy things. That God's church is characteristic. The one true characteristic is they glorify God. They together experience the abundant life to such a point that it overflows, it draws others to God and makes a difference in the world around them. Community community built upon Christ is alive together, walking in a God-given direction, being used to change lives for the sake of Christ. It's alive. It's alive. If we focus on Christ and build our community upon him, our our perspective, our, our, our language, our actions change. In other words, God makes a difference not just through us, but he first makes a difference in us. We think differently. We act and react differently. Our our language glorifies God. When we value God-honoring community, then we together, as we gather, do what? We we put the glory of God on display. Uh, that's why worshiping in the small spaces that many of us are still doing as we participate in service online is a powerful thing. We're two or more gathered, you know, church is happening. We're able to put the glory of God on display and, and have real community when it's more than just us in the room. But gathering in these large gatherings, they, they, they have a purpose. They draw us together. They remind us of our mission. They they allow us to be unified. They allow our, our spiritual roots, so to speak, be intertwined so we can experience a strength that we could never have on our own. In part, God uses community to assist us in thriving and uses a thriving community, a thriving church family, to make an eternal impact on others. When we enter into a Christ-focused community, we're encouraged and built up in the pursuit and enjoyment of the abundant, thriving life found in Christ. What's that look like? What's the fruit of that? Well, we're empowered to be witnesses. In a sense, we're empowered to be living invitations to others to join us in community with Christ and with we, his family. Practically speaking, I think this really ties into something that has been on my heart since I moved here to Canadagua. And that's a firm belief that I, I have that God desires to have another great awakening spread across our region. Our our region is known for one of the greatest awakenings in the history of our country, and I believe we're poised to have another one. Now, it will come as we pray. It will come as we in genuine community gather together and put the glory of God on display. It will come as we meet in one-on-one discipleship groups, It will come as we honor him in meeting in small groups, participating in ministry teams. Yes, being a part of large gatherings. It will come as we allow the thriving we're experiencing in Christ to spread through us to our homes, neighborhoods, schools, workplaces throughout our region. People ask me, well, how does this awakening, how does this revival happen? It starts with the individuals saying yes to Jesus, allowing the abundant life to fill them. And then in, in, in community with other believers to let our spiritual roots be intertwined, to 
to assist each other. And being the church, not just being people who live in God's presence, although what a blessing is that, but being people who literally take the presence of God everywhere we go as his ambassadors, as his image bearers. See, God calls us to this, this amazing relationship with him, and God offers us his blessing of thriving in his presence to those who what? Who genuinely seek him. Who genuinely seek him. We find these words in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, 13, familiar to many of us. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When you seek me with all of your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first read that, how I take it is, if we really look hard for him, we'll find him. If we really look hard for him, we'll find him. Although when we look at the verse in context, that's not what it means at all. Uh, God's not playing a cosmic game of hide and seek, and if we look really hard, we'll find God. That's not what he's talking about here. The verse literally means that when we settle for nothing else but God, We'll find him. We'll find him in power. It it means we settle for nothing else but his will for us. Then we'll find him. We'll find his freedom. It means when we live for nothing else except his glory, then we'll finally find him the peace that he promises us. It means when we share our lives to show the world his love, then what does he do? He uses us to make him known that the presence that that he pours into us through the power of his spirit, the fullness of his spirit when we say yes to Jesus, bubbles over to the world around us. That we, in community, are thriving and learning what it means to live in the abundance that God brings in the here and now. A foretaste of what awaits us when we enter into glory. The awakening I believe God desires for our region, this revival, will come as we, his church, live in community with him and with one another, thriving. Revival comes when the heart of a single individual is transformed by God, but it also comes in a a people living in, in authentic community with Christ, focused on him, focused on knowing him, focused on making him known, looking beyond the difficulties around us, and instead of thinking, woe to me, saying, oh God, use me. Help me be an answer. Help me, help me bear your biblical truth in and through my life into this situation. Help, help me allow your love to fill me and enter into this situation. Lord, transform me as I'm living in community with you and other brothers and sisters in Christ. But as I'm transformed, would you use me as a transforming agent to minister to the world around me? My prayer for us My prayer for crosswinds is that we come together with an expectation of his presence, of God's presence, knowing that his Holy Spirit can use any of us at any time to bring him glory. See, that's that's the beauty of community, the beauty of people living united, depending on the Lord together, knowing him and, and making him known. We started our time discussing community by looking at at redwood trees, at least talking about them, the redwood trees in California. 
understanding that it's a picture of their longevity and beauty and survival and thriving. It's a beautiful picture of the community we have through Christ. What I find interesting and when we talk about trees is that trees are mentioned more in Scripture than anything else except for God and people. In other words, when you look at the top three living things in Scripture, the first mentioned over and over again, more than anything else, of course, is God. Not surprisingly, the second is, is people, you and me. But the third is trees. Trees. Look at this psalm. So it's the very first three verses of Psalm 1, starting off this, this amazing book in Scripture. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Catch this, verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. That in the third verse, three verses in, in this book of Psalms, the very first uh, chapter, Psalm 1, the very first song, we, we find God spoken of, people talked about, and then this illustration of trees. See, the truly blessed person is like this magnificent tree. This, this tree that, that follows God's guiding, that, that doesn't walk in the way of the world, but has been transformed and living in community with God. They found him. They, God, you're my everything. And, and they're living in community with one another. It's not just where two or three are gathered, but they're gathered in the name of God. They've sought him. They found him. And, and they're blessed because of it. They're like a tree planted by streams of water that never dry up. That's abundant. They bear much fruit. See, such a community of trees is used by God to help one another thrive. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know where you find yourself where you're sitting right now wherever you are, whenever you're watching this. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, man, I am just surviving. And I get it. I get it. These are difficult times. And you take away COVID and social unrest and all these other things that are going on. Things happen. My dad passed away. Not of COVID, but of cancer. It, life goes on in the midst of all this other stuff. And yet, even in the midst of the reality of my mom passing away two years ago, my father just a couple weeks ago, the Lord has said, Craig, I want you to thrive through this. I don't want you just to survive. I want you to thrive. And when you think about it, when you're in the presence of God and the resources of heaven are at your disposal, how can you do anything else? You say, Craig, aren't you grieving? Of course I'm grieving. 
In fact, as I'm taping this, this is my first birthday ever without a phone call from either my mom or my dad. I grieve that. But I'm thriving. Because also as I'm preaching this message, my mom and dad are experiencing life like no other. (laughs) They're in paradise. And that life they're experiencing, God says, I want to give you a piece of it, a foretaste of it today. That you'll grow in this abundant, thriving life. That not only will you experience it, but as you live in community with me, Craig, and with other believers, you're going to have tight roots. You're going to feel the comfort and the strength of community with me and with others in the faith. And I'm going to use you, not for Craig's glory, but for God's glory. I'm going to use you, Craig, to, to be a part of an awakening that only I can bring, but only I, I bring only as my people trust, believe, and walk in the truth of who they are and what I've offered them. And so I, I just ask you the question, are you thriving? Are you living in community with God and others? Where are you at? And wherever you're at, won't you believe that God right here and now is reaching out his hand to you saying, let's go further. Let's go further. Let me teach you what it means to live in community with me, God. Let me teach you what it means to live in community with a messy group of people called my church. A messy group of people who are sacred simply because of God's presence. And oh, let me make a difference in and through you. So wherever you find yourself, if you've yet to receive Christ, won't you do so here and now? And if you're in Christ, won't you take another step in this journey of thriving in the Lord, especially in this area of community? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for just the blessing of your word, that through your word we know you, through your word we find you. (laughs) Not, Not because we have to look really hard, but because your word is available to us and As we read it, we learn about your character and your love, and and we learn about important things, like where two or three are gathered, the importance of community, and the way that that community is to be gathered is in your name, focused on you. But that's where the power comes from. That's where the availability to to thrive in part comes from. You've come to give us an abundant life, not 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 a little bit of life, but an abundant life, a life overflowing that doesn't just impact us, but impacts the world around us. And as we find you as the source of all things, as our one and only God, the only one worthy of worship, that not only do you transform us, but you use us as transforming agents to the world around us. So Lord, I pray if there's anyone who's yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, who's listening even now, but in the quietness of their heart, they'd reach out to you, that they would accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that they would, that they would believe and receive the reality that Jesus died for their sins, was resurrected for their salvation. May they be in community with you. And may all of us who are in Christ learn what it means to be in community with one another. May our roots be intertwined. May you bless us, Lord God, so that we can be a blessing to others, knowing you and making you known. Oh, precious Father, start a revival in me. Start a revival in us. May a great awakening spread across this region. You are the hope. You are the answer. 
And as we live in community with you, you allow us to thrive. And we give you the praise and the glory for your remarkable invitation and the work you do in us when we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.